Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Today, I want to talk about four tools that have changed my teaching practice, and they may be different than what you're thinking about. So hi, my name is Patty, and I am a teacher from Ontario, Canada, and I'm also the founder of Madly Learning. And every single week, we have a new episode of this show, Teaching with Madly Learning, where we talk all about teaching in the junior grades here in Canada. Now, it is important for us that through these episodes, we help to make teaching more simple, fun, and engaging for you and your students. So without further ado, let me share the top tools that I absolutely love and have actually changed my teaching practice for the better. Now, the first one is Audible. Now, I really love Audible because it means I can actually read boring books on the go. Now, I don't mean boring that there's anything wrong with the books, but I have a very difficult problem when it comes to reading. It plagued me all through post-secondary as well as through high school, and that is nonfiction texts often put me to sleep if I'm reading them. But what I have found with Audible is I can read, read, but I can listen to these books on audio on my drive to school. In fact, it almost pumps me up as I'm walking in because I'm listening to these really innovative ideas on teaching. I was listening to Mathematical Mindsets by Joe Bowler. I'm listening to Curious Classrooms from Harvey Smokey Daniels and so many more. And I can quickly get through a book on my drive within a week or two as I'm listening back and forth and it's inspiring me to get more ideas and I can really figure out what I need to be doing in my classroom. Not only do you have Audible, but you also have podcasts they serve for the same purpose. There's lots of different podcasts that are out there, such as this one, where you can listen to, say, Teaching with Madly Learning on the go in your car on the way to work. You can hear different tips and ideas and strategies in the classroom that just get you in the mood for teaching or get you thinking and inspiring you to be a better teacher. Sometimes it's not necessarily about listening to the radio and just hearing kind of nonsense and popular culture things. But sometimes I want to be inspired and being inspired by listening to different ideas, having my brain think about things as I'm driving into school and how I can approach different tasks and different lessons in my classroom just makes a difference for me. It makes me more excited to be there when I get to school. It gives me so many more ideas about what I could do to improve my practice and just makes me excited to learn. One of the things that is not happening in my teaching career that's provided by my employer is professional development where I get to be released and in a room full of other teachers being inspired with new teaching practices and pedagogy, which is something that I find to always be pushing and challenging, going and taking the next step and trying something new. I find that rewarding as a teacher. So the fact that I'm not getting that professionally means I can find that through these books, but I know I have Mathematical Mindsets by Joe Bowler sitting on my shelf behind me. And I've tried to read it, but I cannot read it and get through it. But I can absolutely get through it when I'm listening to it. I definitely wish that all of my university textbooks that I fell asleep on 
were audiobooks that I could have gotten through that way because I probably would have read far more texts if I could have listened to them instead of reading through them. So Audible slash podcasts and listening to inspirational educational content has definitely helped me to further my teaching practice and has helped me to push boundaries and to move forward. And sometimes it is also not just educational content, but I also listen to business content and things about productivity and organization, mindset work. A lot of that also helps me in the classroom because it allows me to put things in perspective. It allows me to take risks and challenge some of the preconceived notions that I may have had about teaching and try to build better mousetraps. So it definitely helps me as I am going to create things, as I'm going into teaching to get myself ready and set for that feeling like I can tackle these new things and try different things and just really push my practice. So I highly recommend listening to audiobooks or educational podcasts on your way to work because it helps motivate you and psych you up for a great day. Another tool that has changed my practice are Facebook groups. This seems very strange, but Facebook groups, especially here in Ontario, we have a very thriving teacher Facebook group community for pretty much everything you might be teaching. Whatever grade combination you may have, subject-specific, or just support groups, there are Facebook groups that will help you to connect with each other and other teachers. Sometimes we don't have time to connect with other teachers in our own schools, or perhaps we don't have a large school where there are other teachers that are teaching the same thing we do to be able to support one another. So using a Facebook group or having Facebook groups that you can be a part of and a community around ideas is really important. Now, we don't necessarily always want to get our groups. Sometimes groups can devolve into just a resource sharing where everyone just wants free resources for everything. I'd much prefer to build a community around sharing ideas, which is why I ended up starting my own Facebook teacher support group for Canadian teachers, not just Ontario, but across Canada called Teaching with Madly Learning. It's all about what we're talking about here on this show, but it also is a place where teachers can share ideas and not just I need a resource for this or I need a resource for that, but it's more about sharing what's working in your classroom and what is happening. And through these Facebook groups, you find a community, you find a support, and you feel safe to be able to ask questions that you may be embarrassed to ask, say, an instructional leader at your school or your principal because you're worried that they might evaluate your teaching, your teaching skills based on that. So there's a bit of being anonymous in Facebook as people don't necessarily know that it's you asking the question, and that's there too. But going even beyond that, Um, We also provide for my ignited literacy group, we have a coaching program because we know that there is a lot of times where we don't have a lot of instructional leadership happening in our schools where we can be mentored or coached past our first years of teaching on trying something new. So if you are trying a new literacy program, such as Ignited Literacy, what we found when we first started is there was a lot of teachers that had questions because Ignited Literacy asks you to push your pedagogical bounds and move away from your standard and traditional six-week lessons and really move into a spiral literacy approach. Well, this is sometimes difficult and teachers need extra support. So we provided a coaching program that goes along with our United Literacy program to provide that leveled support. So it means that not only do I have a community of teachers where I can 
talk about what's working in my classroom and how to implement different things, but I also get to share and learn from others as they share what's working in their classroom and what it looks like. So I know what literacy looks like in my classroom, but I also know what literacy looks like in lots of other classrooms across the country as we share different tips and ideas about what's working. And it's also a safe place to ask questions about how to do something and where to do something and why we do things, because there's people that are there and ready to answer those questions in a very coaching, supportive mentality way that we can provide live training, extra trainings on how to do different things inside your literacy program. So having supportive communities through Facebook groups has definitely allowed me to feel more confident as a teacher. It has allowed me to feel more connected to the grade level, understand that if I'm having a problem in my classroom, I know other teachers are too. And having that community of teachers that you can go to and rely on has definitely been helpful when you are struggling. So you don't feel like you're struggling alone anymore because you have other teachers that might be going through the same thing Or you have teachers that are maybe further down the path that did struggle with that that can help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I definitely find Facebook groups over the last couple of years have definitely helped to improve my teaching practice and made teaching just a little bit easier, especially on those really dark, dreary days of teaching. Now we're going to go into a tool Now, this is one of my favorite tools to use in the classroom, but that's a document camera. Now, a document camera does need a projector to be able to use, but I find a document camera is a really important tool in my classroom because it's so flexible and versatile. It means I don't necessarily need to photocopy everything, that I have to have one copy and I can simply put it underneath the document camera and display it. It means I don't need to turn every single paper I ever have or every activity. I don't need to turn it all into a digital program. And I don't need to make everything a Google slide and I don't need to make everything or a keynote slide. I can use that for some things, but I can just have it printed or if it's in a book and I can just display it. It's more authentic that if I have just a blank piece of paper and I want to model for students what to do, I can just put the blank piece of paper under the document camera and show them. I can put a book under the document camera. I can put examples or specimens and blow them up so that we don't all have to be like right around one another, especially during COVID. It means I can share what we're doing on a document camera and they can all see it. And it's one of my absolute favorite tools inside a classroom is to be able to use. So I would highly recommend if you've got a school budget you need to spend, getting a document camera in whatever you need to do is definitely going to be one that is important. Now, if you don't have a document camera, The alternative is simply using an iPad with a stand or a phone with a stand. They'll also act as document cameras and a pinch. And they may not be as flexible as a document camera or as versatile as a standard document camera, but they will still work in the exact same way as the ability to just impromptu put something underneath the camera and share it, show it with your students. And finally, my last tool that has absolutely changed my teaching is Keynote and PowerPoint, but not for what you think. I very rarely make slides for my class. I make one welcome slide every single morning was just the duplicate of the same slide. I make a welcome slide every morning for my students. But other than that, my lessons and activities are not created on PowerPoint. They're not created on Keynote. I don't make a presentation of all of the things I'm going to be doing. I do like face-to-face teaching. I may show them something on a screen if I need to. That's certainly something that I can do. But I'm not making PowerPoint presentations. I did when I taught remotely. I'm not going to do it now. 
it takes a tremendous amount of time and that's just not something I'm into. I don't have a lot of extra time, so I need to find the quick ways to do it. However, that being said, I do use Keynote slash PowerPoint for everything I create. Learning to stop using things like Microsoft Word to create activities for students was a huge freedom and a release. I would waste so much time trying to format a Word document, trying to make it look nice or make it look like it just wasn't a Word document. And it would waste so much time trying to figure out how I was going to make it. And Word would like cut things off or move things and think the text wouldn't be there. I couldn't do certain things with the text that I wanted to do. That's what I learned as I started creating my own resources. I learned that so many of the teacher authors that create things on TPT are using PowerPoint or Keynote to create in. And once I started creating my activities and worksheets in Keynote and understood that this was far more flexible because what we often create for students is very graphically based. It doesn't always have to be like the cutesy TPT version of what you get. That's It's very extreme on the most cases and not necessarily what you need to do if you're just using it for your own personal use. But the ability to put text where you want the text to be, put an image where you want an image to be, put a border if you want a border, you have a lot more flexibility when you're doing that in Keynote or PowerPoint than you would on Microsoft Word. In fact, I don't think I've even used Microsoft Word since. I did try to use Microsoft Word for supply plans the other day, and I quickly forgot about it, skipped it, and went straight to a keynote so I could attach different files inside the keynote and turn it into a PDF to send off to my principal for supply plans. But keynote has been, keynote and PowerPoint's the exact same thing, and Google Slides as well, to create the things I'm going to print has been far more of an effective tool for me to use in my classroom than any other software on my computer. It is probably the most used application. It is the application that has the most tabs open at all times. And it is my favorite resource to use to create absolutely everything I need for my classroom, for anything I need to print and use with my students. Everything is all created in Keynote. So those are my top four tools that have changed my teaching practice. And I wonder, what is your top tool? I would love to hear all about it. Please leave a comment below or some feedback as to what tools you use to help make teaching better for you. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. And we will see you next week for another episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.